Well, good morning. I want to invite in our North Klein and Jersey Village campuses to join us for the message at this time. We've all experienced great worship on our campuses, and now I want us to join together in the teaching of God's Word. You know, we are one church in three locations, and this is a rarity that we're doing right here, coming to you like this from our Champions Campus. And I want to share very briefly with you why we're bringing all of our campuses in together on this particular Sunday. At the start of the year, I began my third year serving as pastor here at Champion Forest. And let me just say this, it is such an honor to serve as your pastor and to serve alongside the incredible team that God has given us here. My family and I, we absolutely love being here in Houston, and we love what God is doing in this faith family called Champion Forest. When I first got here two years ago, I was asked by a number of people a number of times early on, what's your vision for the church? And I would be honest and say to them, I really don't have one. And I didn't. I didn't come here with any grand vision that God had given me for the church. I was new to Houston, new to the church. Now, I can tell you, I've wanted to be a senior pastor since I was 17 years old. And I believe that God has uniquely prepared me for this church and this church for me. And in so many ways, this has been a wonderful marriage these two years between pastor and people. I hope it's felt to you like it's felt for me, just kind of a hand-in-glove fit. But I didn't come here with any vision. In fact, I told our staff and told the church early on that my first year, uh, my goal was to not make any changes at all. We would, of course, tweak things that needed to be tweaked. And we've added some ministries that I believe God had birthed in my heart, like the residency program and CF Connect, our church resourcing and pastor encouragement ministry. But my stated goal in that first year was to be like Nehemiah when he returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. He started with prayer and observation. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to pray down a vision from the Lord. I wanted to observe, see what God was doing here, see how he was moving. You can imagine with three campuses spread out all over Northwest Houston and me being completely new to the area, getting to know staff, getting to know people. I didn't I didn't even uh, know. I wasn't uh, aware of everything that was going on. It was a lot to try to wrap your arms around. And so my goal in that first year was to just observe and pray. I wanted to love people and to the very best of my ability, preach the paint off the walls. That was the goal. Now, I don't know if I accomplished the preaching part, but I can tell you this. I did pray and I did observe and quickly I knew that year two, our emphasis needed to be about alignment. When you move forward into a multi-site church, you are inevitably adding complexities to your ministry. I so admire the heart of previous leadership in the church uh, Damon Shook, those who served with him, there was such a priority put on reaching people. It was all about missions and evangelism, and that has been baked into our DNA as a church, even from the very beginning, even the way that it started with our founding pastor, Robin Guess, and why he planted around this area was to reach people. And then under the leadership of Pastor David Fleming and the team he assembled, you can see visibly and visually how this church continued to keep the main thing, the main thing in reaching people for Jesus. And you can see it as reflected in two primary ways. One is our diversity as a church. You come into the doors of this church, any of our campuses, and no matter what you look like, no matter how much you have, no matter how much you don't have, doesn't matter your ethnicity, the color of your skin, your voice or no voice at all. We have our deaf minister here at Champions. We're all about reaching all people. It's beautiful. And it's a wonderful reflection of our heart for the kingdom and what the kingdom of God should look like and be about. Secondly, this idea of reaching people, you can see it visibly and visually by the decision to go multi-site. 
leadership and you as a church decided long before I got here that if we were going to reach even more people, one of the most effective ways we can do it was to start campuses. And so North Klein, uh, you started and many of you went on mission and what will be, can you believe this, 10 years this September, that's amazing. And just as a report, we are averaging over 1,100 people a weekend at our North Klein campus. We're already out of space. Uh, we're having to get very creative in where we put life groups. We have them meeting everywhere. Uh, look at this photo. They're even meeting in Pastor Stephen Morris's office. This is from uh, a few weeks ago. Amazing. You see uh, just everybody crowded in that room right there. Matt Ligon teaching them right there. Uh, we are having to put people everywhere. And so we're going to have to do something soon. And we're working on plans, North Klein, that we're going to be bringing to you. Uh, but we're praying through the steps that need to be taken and are going to have to be taken in order for us to keep reaching people, we have to have place to put them. Also, six years ago, we merged with Jersey Village. And this has been a bit of a process, and you can understand that. Merging with another congregation is very different than starting a campus from scratch. And we're continuing to get the right staff in place, to work to know the community so that we can serve them more effectively. We're grateful for this campus and an incredible location right off of 290. And I'm praying diligently for you, Jersey Village, and look forward to seeing what God has for us in the days ahead. One of my goals in year three as we get this year going uh, is now that I feel a little, little bit more comfortable on the ground here uh, is to get to our campuses more because I truly desire to know you and for you to know my heart. And that's why I'm coming to you like this today. Because the best way you can know my heart is not in a brief conversation while visiting our campus or walking the halls here at Champions. The best way that the church can know my heart as the pastor is for you to hear me communicate it like this from the platform. And gratefully, we have the technology to make this happen. And so I wanted to come to you like this today so that the entire church is hearing the same message. And again, this is a, a rarity. If you're visiting one of our campuses, 95% of the time, you'll get live preaching from one of our campus pastors or a guest preacher will host. Uh, we'll do what we're doing now at the most, two or three times a year. So year one, prayer and observation. Year two is about alignment with our multi-site approach. We're not three different churches in three different locations. We are one church in three locations. And the intention has been about making sure that we're aligning staff and programs and ministries and resources in a way that is effective and strategic. I do not expect, we don't expect, our campuses to be identical twins. There will be certain ministries and outreaches that are unique to all of our campus because of where you are. But what we do want to be the same is what is behind those outreaches, the same follow-up procedures, the same motivation for doing these events and ministries. Uh, we believe God has given us an incredible uh, church here. And as we have worked on prayer and observation and alignment, we now get to year three. And what I believe year three is going to be all about is working out a vision that I believe God is giving us. And this is what I want to introduce to you today. Uh, I've shared uh, what I'm about to share with you with our entire staff. Uh, our senior team and a few others have certainly spoken into it. This is not something that I came up with on my own. The articulation of it, yes, but not the content. This has been a team effort, and I'm so excited to bring to you as a church today. We're calling the series Focus for yourself, for our church, for the future. I love the new year. I don't know about you, but there's something about the turning of the calendar. It just represents a new beginning. It's a fresh start. 
And while I like resolutions and enjoy making them, what I've really tried to do in recent years is something I've learned from author John Gordon, and that is instead of picking several resolutions, and typically they're over by the third or fourth week in January, it's just reality. Instead, uh, he encourages you to pick out a word. Have a word for the year that you continually look to and allow your life to revolve around. It could be any word. It could be vision. It could be grow. It could be joy. Whatever you want, uh, that word, it is your resolution, so to speak. It's what you're working on. Well, I knew I'd be preaching this series to start the year. And while our group was in the Holy Land and we had an incredible time there, I was uh, praying through 2023, praying through what my word was going uh, to be. I was thinking about this series and it just came together. I immediately texted our communications team and I said, I've got the name of this series And in that, I had my word for the year, and it is the word focus. I want to live 2023, a more focused life. And I want our church to be a focused church, to continue to build on what you've always been about, reaching people for Jesus. This is the main thing. And in order to make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing, we have to have focus. And that's what this series is all about. It's it's about looking at our life, looking at our church, and asking God to lift the fog, to clarify what we are to be about so that we can make a maximum impact for Jesus. This is what we want at the core. This is what we desire personally and corporately. We want to make a difference for Jesus and our generation, for future generations. How are we going to do it? by focus. In fact, I want you to say that word with me, every campus together. Ready? Out loud. Focus. All right, that was pretty good, but I want to hear you down here at the Champions Campus. One more time, say it with me, the word focus. Ready? Focus. Now, as we lay this out today, here's how I want to articulate it, and every word matters in this. Believe me when I say this, you will begin In the very near future, to see this all over our church in different ways, by various means, you will hear it spoken frequently. It is what's going to motivate our mission efforts. It's what's going to determine what we give to and why we give. It's what our life groups and the ministries and events and programs of this church will revolve around. My prayer is that this will get so deep within us, it becomes just a part of us. And here it is. Champion Forest advances the kingdom by making disciples, loving our community, and strengthening the church. Now, this is nothing new here. It's not rocket science. It's something that we as a church have been doing for quite some time. We're just putting bright lights on it today and putting a renewed focus on what we need to make sure we are always about. And again, all of this has a personal and corporate element to it. Let's work it out, and I'm going to concentrate on the first part of the statement today and give a brief overview of what I'm calling our focus priorities. And then over the next three weeks, I, along with our campus pastors, will work these uh, focus priorities out on the individual campuses. Champion Forest advances the kingdom. Our lives and our church should always be about the advancement of the kingdom of God. Now, when you read the New Testament, the word kingdom is used over 80 
times. It's an important word and it's an important theology that we need to grasp. Jesus, in a conversation with the Pharisees in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, the Bible says this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now, the kingdom of God was something the Jewish people longed for. It represented everything they hoped, everything they dreamed. The psalmist in Psalm 103 verse 19 says, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. We're told in Daniel chapter four, verse three, that his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You read the scripture specifically in the Old Testament and you see this promise that God will bring his eternal kingdom to earth one day. We just finished in December. Our series called The Thread, Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. And what we learned in this series was the promise of one who was to come, a leader, a ruler, a Messiah. And this hope, this promise would be that God would establish his kingdom here on earth. And we read of this promise, this prophecy of this leader and this establishment of a kingdom. We read of it very clearly in Daniel chapter 7. Listen to Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 13. The Bible says this, I saw in the night visions. And behold, with the clouds of heaven, here came one like a son of man. That's an important phrase right there. It was Jesus' favorite word to use to describe himself. Over 70 times in the Gospels, the son of man. It's a messianic title. Some people say Jesus never claimed to be God. Of course he did. He referred to himself as the son of man over and over again. And the Bible says, he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. That's God the Father. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Now in looking at this language and fast forwarding to when Jesus walked the earth, Israel had been under oppression for years. The Romans had already invaded and captured Jerusalem. The people were paying taxes to Caesar and during the reign and harsh rule of the Roman Empire. And in the midst of the people, what they needed most was a leader. They needed a king with all power to come from God and to come to earth to establish his kingdom. And the problem is not that they were looking for a king to come rule. It's that they were looking for a political king. They wanted a military ruler. They thought this son of man was going to be someone like Alexander the Great and that he would lead this movement to free them from Roman occupation and establish their national destiny once and for all. This is the type of king and kingdom that the people were looking for. And once this happened, well, then God's name would be recognized and praised. Then his will would be accomplished and his ways followed because he would be ruling and reigning. He would be large and in charge. This is what the people were thinking. This is what the people were wanting. This is what the people were looking for. And Jesus shows up, and it's unlike anything they think. He's a king, all right, and he has a kingdom. But as he told Pontius Pilate when he stood before him in John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus answered him and said, my kingdom is not of this world. And he tells them in Luke's account, and we just read the kingdom of God, it's in the midst of you. The very thing that the people were longing for was standing right in front of them and they missed it. 
because it wasn't what they thought. It wasn't what they expected. They didn't understand the kingdom. And so we don't make the same mistake. Let's give a working definition of kingdom. Whenever you hear the word kingdom, let your mind go to this definition. We'll put it on the screen for you. Kingdom. This is the realm of God's rule and reign. Graham Goldsworthy is an Anglican theologian from Australia. He wrote a book called The Gospel and Kingdom, and he's known for summarizing the kingdom of God. And here's how he summarized it. He summarized it as God's people in God's place under God's rule. That's pretty good. Now, there's, of course, a spiritual element to to, to this. When we talk about the kingdom of God, there is an already happening, not yet totally fulfilled idea uh, to the kingdom. The kingdom of God existed in eternity, and it was initiated on earth when Jesus came for the first time. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, the Bible says, From that time, from the start of his earthly ministry, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, For the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, it can be used interchangeably. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. When we repent and by faith come to know Jesus, we are, the Bible says, brought into the kingdom of God. Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus one day, a a very spiritual man, and he was talking to him about spiritual matters, and uh, Nicodemus knew about the kingdom. He was looking for the kingdom. And listen to what Jesus says to him in John chapter 3, starting in verse 5, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And so Jesus brings people into the kingdom of God. Spiritually, he saves us. He sets us apart. We are born again. And while the kingdom is very spiritual in nature, we're told that while we are here on earth, that we should pray and labor to help bring his eternal spiritual kingdom to earth so that it is seen and realized and witnessed in a very real and tangible and physical way. We're told by Jesus to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we're told to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Really, the Sermon on the Mount is all about living in and for the kingdom. It's bookended with kingdom language. It starts in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And near its conclusion, it concludes with these words, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The kingdom of God, very spiritual in nature. But if we are citizens of the kingdom of God spiritually, then the Bible teaches that we will live and act and bring that spiritual kingdom to earth and make the rule and reign of God a reality in the here and now. Now make no mistake about it, that prophecy of Daniel that the Son of Man is given rule and reign and he will have dominion and be over a kingdom that will be uh, forever, it will be everlasting, it will never be destroyed, it will be a reality. And the new heavens and new earth, 
When Jesus returns, he will reign over his kingdom and it will be a place of perfection. And there will be no more sin and no more pain and no more night. All of his ways will be followed and his will will be done on earth because it is heaven. But until that time, we labor and we work and we pray to bring God's kingdom, the realm of his rule and reign, to this broken, sin-filled world. That's why Champion Force, that's why we exist, to advance his kingdom, to advance his rule, his reign on earth. We are to be about his kingdom, not our kingdom. We don't exist to further Champion Force kingdom. It's not about us. We don't have a corner on the market of God's economy. If he chooses to use us as a church, then glory to God. But we're not praying and laboring for the kingdom of Champion Forest to be expanded. We want to reach as many people as possible. And we'll do this through a variety of means, our campuses, our outreaches, our ministry, planning churches. But the ultimate aim in all of this, what we're praying for and laboring for and giving for and serving, is so that the kingdom of God is advanced and expanded. This is the goal. Do you remember the words of Jesus about this? In Matthew chapter 13, it's commonly referred to as uh, the kingdom parables. There are eight of them. And they're all about the kingdom. Uh, Jesus says the kingdom is like a treasure hidden in the field. And when you uh, find it, you sell everything that you have so that you can buy that field. The kingdom is worth it all. It's like a pearl of great value. There's nothing more precious than the kingdom. It's like a mustard seed. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32, listen to what Jesus says. He puts another parable before them saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. The kingdom of God. It's going to grow. It's going to expand. The question is, how much are we willing to be a part of it, personally and corporately? I want to spend my life not focused on me, my world, my needs, but instead of focused on what will last, what's eternal. And that's the kingdom of God. I want our church, I want Champion Force to be all about focusing on that which matters most and that is advancing the kingdom let's not get distracted with lesser things some of you may have noticed recently that we changed our branding changed uh, our look our logo if you will our comms team has been talking about this for a while and I've been holding off and holding off and holding off but felt now in year three it was time to pull the trigger and they have worked so hard in getting this together it keeps our identity you see it in the leaf shape plays into champion forest uh, you see it in the color green uh our telling you our comms team they know how to tell a story but uh the cross is right in the middle of that leaf and if you notice it's leaning forward a little bit we like that word around here forward talking about advancing today it's a branding change We've had four pastors. This is the fourth brand, the fourth logo, the fourth look. Now, why do I bring this up? Because at the end of the day, some people will look at this and uh, they won't like it. Some people will. Some churches would even choose to argue about something like this because it's change and change can be hard. But I want to remind us here of something that I learned from one of my seminary professors, Dr. Elmer Towns. He was in his 80s. 
uh, when I had him for a doctoral seminar at Liberty Seminary, he told a group of us pastors sitting in the room this mantra, and he made us repeat it. It's gold. He said this, methods are many, principles are few. Methods may change, but principles never do. I've never forgotten it. Uh, I, listen, I, I don't know what God has in store for our church in the future. I know that there's been some change in these last two years since I've arrived. And again, change can be hard. I understand that. I know in the future there'll be more change. And we'll have new staff that gets added on and uh, other staff members that we'll send out. And I know uh, some new ministries will start and some ministries will cease to be. Change is a part of life. But let me tell you what's never going to change. And that's what we're going to be about. And that is advancing the kingdom. And we're going to do this. I'm going to briefly mention what I'm calling focus priorities. We're going to advance the kingdom by three focus priorities. And our campus pastors, they're going to unpack these in detail over the next few weeks. But here they are. Champion Forest advances the kingdom by, number one, making disciples. This is the great commission. There's no improving on the final words that Jesus gave his church. This is what we are to do. If we are to put the term success on anything we do as a church or as an individual, this has to be at the top of the list. Are we making disciples? Matthew chapter 28, starting in verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If we want to advance the kingdom, this is where it starts. Making disciples has to be at the core of everything we do. And again, there's a personal element to this. You know, when you read the Great Commission in this context, it's as you go. So you may be a teacher, a businessman, businesswoman, contractor, student. But as you go, your ambition in life should be to make disciples. The Great Commission is not just for those of us on church staff. It's not just for professional clergy, if you will. The Great Commission is for all. All of us, we are to be about making disciples. The second focus priority, we are going to advance the kingdom by making disciples, but secondly, by loving our community. If the making disciples is the great commission, loving our community is the great commandment. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, you remember it. Uh, someone comes to Jesus to test him and ask him, what's the greatest law in all of the Old Testament. And Jesus answers in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Champion Forest, we are going to do and continue to do what we've always done. And that is love our community well. We have our CMC ministry, community partnerships. We're getting involved in schools through our BLESS initiative with our neighbors, sharing Jesus with our neighbors, praying for, serving our neighbors. We want to keep doing whatever we can to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. There's a, a driving question that we will get to over the next few weeks that's behind each of these focus priorities. And the driving question behind this focus priority, what led us to ask this question, uh, what led us to, to this focus priority of loving our community uh, is this driving question. 
If Champion Forest disappeared tomorrow, would our community even know it? Would they even miss us? I'm praying that we would be a church uh, that loves our community so well, that serves our community so well, that if something happened that we were to disappear tomorrow, it would be such a hole in our community because we are, again, being the hands and feet of Jesus. We are going to advance the kingdom. And we're going to do it by living out these focused priorities, making disciples, loving our community, and then third and finally, strengthening the church. You have the great commission. You have the great commandment. I'm calling this the great commitment. Now, I want you to notice, uh, when I said strengthen the church, I didn't say build the church. The church is Jesus' church. <laughs> Ultimately, he's the senior pastor of Champion Force Church, and he is the senior pastor of the church, universal church. It's Jesus' church. And he has promised that he will build his church. Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. However, through our spiritual gifts, through being on mission, going all over the world, what happens when we serve? What happens when we go? Does it not strengthen the church, big C, capital C? Again, this just isn't about champion force. This is about the church at large, the bride of Christ. See, the Bible tells us, to whom much is given, much is required. And God has blessed us, Champion Force. He has given us an incredible team. He's blessed us with amazing resources, with incredible influence. And we have to make sure that we are stewarding this focus well. And so one of our focus priorities from now into the foreseeable future is going to be about strengthening the church. This is what our residency program is all about. We have right now 22 residents serving on our team, young ministry students that we'll raise up in our organization and uh, we'll send them out to great gospel-centered, like-minded churches to do kingdom work. This is what the CF Connect is all about, our pastor encouragement and church resourcing ministry. By the way, this weekend, tonight, uh, we'll have 30 couples coming in from all over North America. It's the first time we've ever done a marriage uh, conference. And we're going to be at the marriage We've got a couple of speakers coming in to invest in these senior pastors and their wives. This is all through the CF Connect, and you support this ministry. We're blessing pastors and their wives over the course of the next two days. I think of our Spanish ministry. Do you realize under the incredible leadership of Pastor Ramon Medina and his team, we have planted nine Spanish pastors in churches all over North America in the last few years, Detroit, Fort Worth, Oklahoma City, here in Texas. We have 11 more Spanish pastors in training right now, and they're going to be planning churches in and Spanish works in churches in places like Colorado Springs, San Francisco, California, Jackson, Mississippi, Sacramento, California, just to name a few. Churches all over the country look to our Spanish ministry. They look to our children's ministry, our student ministry, our worship ministries to see how we're doing so that we can effectively equip them. Jeff Young, our executive pastor, has a number of executive pastors coming in to learn from him. We have the biblical literacy class with Mark Lanier, which is a resource in and of itself how do we get these incredible resources in the hands of other churches so that they can be blessed by it encouraged by it strengthened by it? this is an issue of stewardship we have a responsibility not just to strengthen champion forest but to strengthen the church of jesus christ and so champion forest i'm asking you to pray about this 
I'm asking you to come alongside us. And let's personally and corporately do everything in our power to advance the kingdom of God. And we will do this by making disciples, loving our community, and strengthening the church. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me right now, every head bowed and every eye closed on all of our campuses, and I'm going to pray. And then our campus pastors, Pastor Stephen Morris at North Klein, Pastor Avery Lamel at Jersey Village, will come lead us in closing out our services. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so very much for the opportunity to present this vision that I believe you've birthed in our hearts to the church today. I pray, God, that you would bless it. I pray, Lord, that it would come to fruition. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to live focused lives personally and corporately. And I pray, God, that from now until you come, we would be all about advancing the kingdom by making disciples, by loving our community, and by strengthening the church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.